Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Kettiger. I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Salisbury Center United Methodist Church, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate those miracles together. Just a reminder, the vision here at Salisbury Center is to love God and others, to serve as an example, to plant seeds of hope, and to nurture one another so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. A couple announcements this morning. Uh, September 3rd would be the next men's breakfast to be held at Salisbury Center, uh, 8 o'clock. That is Labor's Day. Um, The week behind that, the next week, Aldersgate Weekend, United Methodist Men. I'm sorry, it's not Aldersgate. It's Camp Kawasako however you say that, the 9th and 10th of September. Uh, More information coming on that. And we will have another bonfire in September. So uh, listen for that. Everybody is welcome. It's not just a youth group. Um, But I'll give more information as that comes. This morning's memory verse comes from Psalm 82.8. Psalm 82.8, it says... Rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations belong to you. Let us pray. Father God, we meet as family in the presence of our Heavenly Father. We meet as brothers and sisters in Christ, accepting the responsibility this places upon us to love one another as you have loved us. We meet as your lights in this dark world and pray that through our words and our lives, others might be drawn into your family and accept you as our Savior and Lord. Father God, open our ears to hear your word and draw us closer to you, that the whole world may be one with you as you are one with us. Almighty and merciful God, it is your gifts that your faithful people serve you well. Help us to run without stumbling and reach what you have promised. Give us the grace to offer you true and acceptable service each and every day. Jesus, our guide and our goal, Keep our eyes fixed on you. Encourage us to persevere in running the race that you've set before us and strengthen us to overcome all obstacles. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please join me in the call to worship. Excuse me. God has planted and nurtured a splendid vineyard. We are vines, expected to bear good fruit. No longer will we be choked out by thorns and briars. Deceit and lies will not overcome us. God's word is more powerful than fire or earthquake. It is given to shake us from our complacency. God will restore us in time of difficulty. God will perfect and equip us for service. Amen. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from Isaiah 5, 1 through 7. Isaiah 5, 1 through 7. I will sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. He expected it to yield grapes, 
but it yielded rotten grapes. And now inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield rotten grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a wasteland. It shall not be pruned or hoed and it shall be overgrown with briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the people of Judah are his cherished garden. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed, righteousness, but heard a cry. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We move to joys and concerns this morning. Um, I got to tell you, it's a joy to wake up in 49 degree weather. Um, I'm not a winter dude, but I sure love cool mornings and cool evenings, so I thank God for that. That is definitely a joy. The birds, the, the singing that you hear in the morning, the, just the earth coming alive is so beautiful. I got to go fishing with my bride Thursday, and we spent about 30 minutes watching a bald eagle, uh, first standing on the shoreline, and then eventually uh, flying up into a tree, and uh, we were able to watch it from the boat. And just that, that majestic bird, just seeing, you know, God's hand in every single detail. What a, what a beautiful creation. And I, so I find joy in all that God has created. Psalm 104 always comes to mind when I think about how beautiful this world is that he made. So yes, we, we definitely have joys this morning. Uh, I know we have concerns. We have people going through procedures. We have people in hospitals, nursing homes. Uh, people that are confined at home. Uh, we have people that are that are lonely. People that are feel like anyway that they're that they're cut off from the world. Maybe they're in their house or their apartment, and just don't feel like uh, they're being loved on. So, I would encourage everybody this week to please make some extra phone calls. Maybe send some cards to somebody you haven't talked to in a while. Um, I know cards is. That's old school, but, you know, an email, a text message, whatever whatever works. Let's reach out to some of those people that are feeling alone during this crazy, crazy time in our life. Uh, we also have a young lady, <clears throat> excuse me, Megan, who's going back to college. Uh, today will be her uh, last Sunday with us uh, for most of the college year. So we're going to lift Megan up and lay hands on her during the service. But I would just also remind everybody, let's pray for all these college students that are going back, that uh, that they'd have a hedge of protection, um, spiritually, physically, and mentally, as some of these progressive colleges try to uh, tamper with with our people, uh, to, to try to draw them into the world, uh, but also for their safety. We see more and more headlines where, you know, people are being assaulted, uh, crimes against women. Uh, so not just the girls, but the boys too. We want to lift them up in prayer that they're, that they're safe as they head off to college. So let us pray. Father God, heal our lives that we may acknowledge your wonderful deeds and offer you thanks from generation to generation. 
God of mercy and healing, who you who hear the cries of those in need, receive these petitions of your people, that all who are troubled may know peace, comfort, and courage. Father God, friend of those in need, your son Jesus has untied our burdens and healed our spirits. We lift up the prayers of our hearts for those still burdened, those seeking healing, those in need within the church and the world. Hear our prayers, Father God, that we may love you with our whole being and willingly share the concerns of our neighbors. Father God, you call us to love and serve you with body, mind, and spirit through loving your creation as well as our sisters and brothers. Open our hearts in compassion. Receive these petitions on behalf of the needs of the church and the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The title to this morning's message is The Remnant. The Remnant. We've spent the past, oh, six or seven weeks calling out the sins of our denomination and using scripture as our reference point. The list of violations have made some of us sad, some of us mad, and some of us horrified. What I hope and pray for is that it made all of us realize what can happen when we wander away from the truth. Imagine a compass pointing true north. Our intention is to remain on course, but if we wander off the mark by even one degree, by the time we complete our journey, we risk being so far off course we aren't even close to our original destination. I believe it would be hard for John Wesley to recognize our denomination today, the denomination he co-founded. Little by little, piece by piece, we've been lulled into veering off course of God's plan by small doses of biblical violations. And today, many denominations have discovered we are like the frogs in the boiling water, and it's time to save ourselves. I am proud to say our leadership team at Salisbury has made that decision to separate from what we consider to be an organization that no longer holds the Bible and its teachings as the source and compass for our lives. All we have left to do is vote as a church, and that vote is coming soon. Now, I believe our scripture reading from Isaiah applies to the state of our denomination today. Now, we know the scripture is referring to the nation of Israel, of course, but bear with me for a moment as I make a comparison. We read, our Lord created a great vineyard, meaning Israel. He did all the work beforehand, clearing the land, making it fertile for growth. And then he planted it with vines, and not just any vines. Scripture says he planted choice vines. The vines, of course, refer to the people of Israel. God's chosen people. He then built a watchtower, meaning the temple, in the midst of this choice vineyard. Verse 2 says he expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded rotten grapes. The people of Israel were expected to bear good fruit, but instead they bore bad fruit. God expected good hearts, thoughts, and affections, fruit worthy of the life-giving vine, Jesus Christ. Instead, the fruit produced was rotten grapes. And in verse 4, God asked the questions, when I expect it 
expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield rotten grapes? Matthew Henry said wild grapes or rotten grapes are the fruits of the corrupt nature. He said they are hypocritical performances in religion that appear to be good grapes. Reverend Dr. Derek Weber said, God wants us to be cultivated grapes, guided by the word and tended by the spirit wherever we live and work. He said, wild grapes, according to Isaiah, means that the people of God were following no leadership, but their own will and their own conscience. You see, the people had that outward appearance of being holy, but their words, actions, and priorities betrayed the lie. 1 Samuel 16, 7 reminds us, the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. God saw the hearts of the Israelites, and he judged those hearts by the fruit they produced. We know the Bible uses fruit as an example in many passages. Remember, Jesus walked up to that fig tree that looked like it was ready for the picking, but it wasn't. Jesus was angry at the tree for false appearances, if you will, because that fig tree was presenting an outward appearance that didn't match its reality. We turn to Isaiah 5.3 and we see God call the Israels out. He tells them, judge between me and my vineyard. You can almost hear him saying, enough, judge between me and my vineyard. God is asking them to choose between the world and the indulgence of their own flesh or choose to serve him. The people could choose to turn back to God and his commands or remain focused on their world their possessions, and their own priorities. And of course, God knew which choice they would make. And in verse 5, he tells them he will remove its hedge and it shall be devoured. The nation would be devoured because of their choice to remain worldly. We then hear God's warning to all of us in verse 18. He says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Of course, I looked up the word woe. Woe is tied to sin and rebellion against God. It means grief, anguish, affliction, wretchedness, calamity, or trouble. So verse 18 could be changed to read grief, anguish, affliction, wretchedness, calamity, or trouble to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Dr. John MacArthur said, when God utters woe against evil men, he sets divine judgment in motion. And that includes denominations too. To quote Reverend Dr. Derek Weber again, he said the formula for getting all this corrected remains repentance. The lack of repentance will prompt God to remove the workers in the vineyards, dismantle the vineyards, and let the people have their way. I think we can all agree we see that playing out in the UMC today. Woe to the denomination for going against biblical principles and teachings. Woe to the denomination for opposing God. I personally 
believe this breakdown or separation of our denomination is a result of God's judgment. I believe he's telling local churches the same thing he told the Israelites in Isaiah 5.3, judge between me and my vineyard. But we also see God select a remnant to be spared in the midst of his righteous judgment, a remnant who will choose God and follow his ways, his word, and his commandments, a remnant that will let their light shine before others so that they may see their good works and give glory to our Father in heaven, as Matthew 5.16 teaches us. A remnant that will choose to obey God rather than humankind. A remnant that is willing to lose their jobs, their friends, their families, and even their heads in defense of the truth. A remnant like our little church right here in Salisbury. God has blessed us and will continue to bless us for maintaining a heading of true north on our journey. We are being blessed for our obedience to God and his word. Matthew 19, 29 assures us everyone, not some people, not a couple people, not a, a small part, Matthew 19, 29, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or field for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. Praise God. I would venture to say this includes leaving individual churches or denominations as well for his name's sake. Someone wrote, know that there are times when following Jesus means you, you have to be out of place, out of line, and out of order. Do not Worry about the opinion of others, but as you do the hard and holy things, trust in Christ. <clears throat> do not worry about the opinions of others, but as you do the hard and holy things, trust in Christ. The fallout we receive is from those who are either blind to the truth or choose to ignore the truth. In other words, those who have chosen a vineyard or the world over God. But we can find comfort in the words from Jesus himself in Matthew 5, 10 through 12. He said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The church has chosen God, and I am proud of each and every one of you. We should expect attacks from the enemy for our decision, whether it's from him directly or through people he uses. But we're to heed the advice in 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. It says, keep alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Like Jesus, we need to pray for the people in the denomination that choose the vineyard or the world. Not that they be condemned, but rather that they see the truth, repent, and come to salvation. I remind you of one of last week's scriptures. 2 Timothy 2, 22 through 26 tells us to 
shun youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, have nothing to do with stupid and senseless controversies, you know that they breed quarrels. And a Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kindly to everyone, an apt teacher, patient, correcting opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant that they will repent and come to know the truth, and that they may escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. So if we're attacked personally, we need to remember we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. How we react to assaults or attacks will show the true condition of our own hearts. As one of my favorite benedictions says, the beauty of God should be reflected in our eyes. The love of God should be reflected in our hands. And the wisdom of God should be reflected in our words. It also calls us to allow the knowledge of God to flow from our hearts that all might see and seeing believe in Christ. We are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Let us offer love and grace to those who disagree or or oppose our decision to stand on the word of God and give the Holy Spirit a chance to change their hearts. Brothers and sisters, it's not a flesh thing. It's a spirit thing. I end with a charge we're given in Colossians 3, 1 through 17. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. Amen. This morning's prayer actually comes from Kay Swatkowski. Kay Swatkowski. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the gift of the church. From the days of Abraham, you've made it known that you desire to have a people, a royal priesthood that will bring honor and glory to your holy name. This holy nation was destined to be a source of blessing to the world. Father, it's a privilege to be part of the body that you have created, to be the dwelling place of truth, grace, loving fellowship, and the salt and light of the world so desperately needs. We celebrate this community. We thank you for each member that you've called to equip and serve. Each one is precious. Today we commit ourselves to the care, nurture, building up, edifying, and protection of the precious body of Christ. We thank you for the head of the body, Jesus Christ. Lord, teach us to humbly depend upon you for guidance and help in every situation. We pray that you will give us a sincere love for our brothers and sisters so the world will recognize the truth and power of the gospel. We pray that as we walk in the Spirit, we will diligently preserve the unity of the Spirit by living at peace with you and with one another. We pray that you'll enable us to be patient with one another, to bear one another's burdens, 
and to generously offer mercy and forgiveness to each person, just as, you, just as you've offered mercy to each of us. Lord, may our spiritual communities be a safe place where each can confess our sins and share our struggles and grow in holiness. Give us the courage to speak the truth in love in a way that brings maturity to the body. Help us to take seriously the minister of extending grace and accountability to a brother or sister who stumbles. May those we love and care for be fully restored. May we seek not only our own interest, but intentionally work to further the interest of and honor of our brothers and sisters. Father God, protect our church from bitterness, gossip, and division. Convict us of and forgive our sins of selfishness, greed, anger, the tendency to take things personally and desire for control. Grant us instead selflessness, generosity, gentleness, long-suffering, and submission. Make us a people of prayer who intercedes daily on the behalf of the needs of our spiritual family, both here and around the world. Keep us on our knees, always submitting to you and mutually submitting to one another. May our churches be known as the house of prayer of which Jesus spoke. May we love and live in harmony with one another so that those around us will be filled with a longing for the Christian life. Lord, fill us. Use us so that our friends, neighbors, family, and loved ones will be drawn to Jesus as they observe Christian love in action. We, your people, look forward to the day when believers from the four corners of the earth will gather before your throne. On that day, men and women from every tribe and nation will give you the honor and glory you are due. Give us strength, give us wisdom as we work to bring others into the fellowship of the church, ready to join with those who worship you with gladness and thanksgiving. Heavenly Father, build your church, we pray. Amen. Much is required of those who make a faith commitment. Much is required of us. We give, however, not out of fear or a sense of duty, but because it's a joyful opportunity to express thanks for all we've received. We move to the offering, and, and of course, I thank you each and every week for your offerings to the church and the community. Um, I was told yesterday that there's a local gentleman. He doesn't come to our church, but he's he's going through some cancer treatment, and, uh, and the church is... Uh, going to bless him and his family with, with some money to help offset, offset the cost of gas as he travels back and forth to the hospital and the doctor. That's where your money goes, brothers and sisters. It's not going in a safe or a vault. It's going into the community blessing other people. We are blessed to be a blessing. Let us pray. Father God, you brought forth the world as your vineyard, providing every needed resource, and asked only that we bear good fruit. As we give our offerings, remind us again of the fruit you desire. Justice and righteousness are the ones your prophet Isaiah suggests. Forgive us for the times when our offerings have fallen short and when the only fruit you've received is our own self-centeredness. Help us bear the fruit that brings you joy. In the name of your Son, our Teacher, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Enter your everyday world dressed for action. Let your lamps of faith light up the world. Be ready to meet God at home and at work. Be ready to serve wherever you are. May God direct our steps this week, and may we respond with obedience. And now receive the benediction. May the strength of God sustain us. May the power of God preserve us. May the hands of God protect us. May the way of God direct us. And may the love of God go with us this day and forever. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe, stay connected, and stay in his word. God bless you all.